Hello, and welcome to God Save the Screen. My name is Zach, and on the other line we have Jordan. Hello, Jordan. How are you today? I'm doing great, Zach. How are you? I'm doing all right. We get to talk about one of the uh, more interesting TV shows that's on right now today in this episode. I would go so far as to say that it's the best show on TV. Or it's that certainly, was recently on TV. It's certainly up there. It's certainly like succeeded great shows like Mad Men and The Americans as a great show on TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> what a great pun. Uh, yeah, you. I think let's just get right into it. The show we're talking about this week is Succession, which is on HBO. Home box and office. The home box office. Uh, it's HBO. not TV. It's HBO. Oh my god. <laughs> HBO been kind of uh, hunting for a hit recently after you know Game of Thrones was kind of set up to reach its end game, its most popular show going off the air. Uh, Succession season one aired last year. Pretty decent reception. Uh, definitely more so towards the end of the year. But I would venture to say that Succession took. Uh, the the quote-unquote leap this year so it's interesting that you phrase it with something like game of thrones and hbo wanting a hit because i don't get the impression that this is ever going to be the show that like everyone's talking about around the water cooler really Uh, i mean i don't think so it feels more like a mad men sort of show the kind of show that is really good it's going to keep going people are always going to be talking about it but i don't think it's ever going to like make the the break like break the wave and catch the like popular uh scene in the same way okay interesting that's just my take it feels like a Mad Men or the americans like the sort of thing that the internet is going to talk about and love yeah i'd be really curious to kind of circle back around to that uh in like say two years because i feel like Mad Men didn't really reach peak popularity until about like season four Mm -hmm. season four or five is when it really kind of broke into the larger public consciousness i think right and i don't know just uh from conversations i've had over the last couple weeks as the season was kind of winding down uh i flew down to la for work a couple weeks ago and the majority of like conversations i had succession came up at some point or another with people being like do you watch succession what did you think of the last episode so it was just surprising because i haven't you know like game of thrones was the last show to do that and i haven't really had any other shows other than game of thrones at least in recent memory where random people or people i know and just kind of talk to about other random things would just kind of bring it up voluntarily so it seems like it's definitely starting to kind of build in popularity so here's a question for you um do you prefer or do you think that that buzz is generated because of a week-to-week schedule or um, do you think that's the show itself? Like, I think it's definitely a combination of the two, but I think releasing it weekly absolutely helps. Uh, and we, we had kind of talked about this a little offline before we started recording, but uh, Netflix had their uh, third quarter earnings report today, and they announced that Stranger Things was their most, uh, the most recent season of Stranger Things was their most watched series ever with over 60 million people watching in the first week. And thinking back to when it came out around the 4th of July, like had conversations about it maybe for a week and then just kind of died off and like the excitement was gone. 
So I think kind of using the week, the weekly release to kind of build momentum uh, definitely helps get more people intrigued and interested, I think. Well, and it's interesting because it's, it's not, it's not just the model of, is it a weekly or is it a streaming and you reach release the batch all at once? Because mm-hmm. we were also texting recently about the missed return of Mr. Robot, the USA show, mm-hmm. which it's been off the air for a while, but that's also going to be a week to week show. And I wonder if Mr. Robot is going to generate enough momentum that it will keep us interested week to week. So there's an example of something which is a great TV show. It's really good. It's week to week, but maybe it doesn't capture your attention in the way that something like Succession does. And that is that just because HBO is the sort of TV provider that everyone has. It's kind of ubiquitous, like Netflix is. Mm. Yeah, I think just kind of being able to build momentum definitely helps because like say like take a show like bojack when it first came out in season one they drop it all at once you know i watched the first couple when it first came out but it didn't really like click for me so i just kind of put it aside and just say it's not for me i'll move on but then other people who had finished the show and kind of saw it build over time into something truly special by the end of season one uh, you know, put out articles or I talk to in person, they're like, you should really give it another shot. And I think being able to kind of build up to that, you know, tremendous end of season finale, like Succession did in season one uh, and definitely in season two, uh, just really helps to kind of raise people who are watching it into a fever pitch where they want to get other people interested, whereas other people who, you know, maybe aren't as intrigued early going, like, you know, it's easier to set it aside. Right. Well, there is a great article on Vulture recently that talked about the episodic structure of Succession as well. Mm-hmm. And it talked about uh, the idea that it, the show both builds uh, a season-long arc and draws you into kind of the like uh, bigger picture of the season. Mm-hmm. But it also is able to generate excitement in each episode. So like there is a a place or a structure or something that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, I can't, I'm forgetting the author, but I think she called it like a contained explosion every week, which I really liked. And I thought was really interesting because this season, especially it really felt like they went someplace, everyone was there and then something happened. And it wasn't like a bottle episode where they were like stuck, um, you know, all in the same place. They could kind of mm-hmm. escape or go do something um, or the the dynamics could play out, but they still were um, really like it, th- there was a sense of like things sparks were flying each week, and there was like an, it was an episode, and there's a beginning, a middle, end to each episode. Um, in yeah. addition to the the cap on the whole season, definitely agree with that sentiment. It's almost like every single episode this season was almost like a mini bottle episode where they're in a specific place, like you said, or doing a specific thing. And it feels pretty self-contained for that episode, but yet it feeds into this larger narrative arc that's very satisfying. It's like a good blend of uh, like standard network TV where it's you know procedural and then also kind of a serialized arc at the same time. Here's the other thing that works really well with that is it didn't feel like those episodes, like there wasn't a Tom episode and a Jerry episode and a Logan yeah. episode each character had something to do in each episode and something was always happening. Like there was like micro movements for each character 
and it all like things were always kind of changing. Um, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, well, we're just focusing on this one. Like it's such a, like the, the writing room did such a good job of balancing the many moving pieces of all these different characters and all these different places in a way that it really allowed everyone to shine, which is really remarkable. Yeah. And it's rare for an ensemble show to do that too. Cause succession is very much like the, the sum is greater than like the individual parts. The individual parts are incredible, but when added all together, it takes on this new life where a lot of ensemble shows, there's usually like an A, B, C, maybe D plot. The first couple are really interesting. The latter two, you're like, I don't really give a shit about any of this. But with each character over the first two seasons, they found ways every single week to give pretty much all the characters something unique to do that feels both relevant to the larger story and to just engaging like from a base perspective. And right. I feel like that's kind of rare for an ensemble. Well, and the closest uh, relation I can think to that is the show that it's often compared to, which is Arrested Development, right? Like there's an example <laughs> where they tried to focus in on each character, like when they rebooted it for Netflix like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work because the show really worked best when you had all of those dynamics in play at the same time. Yeah. Um, there's, you could probably do like a one for one comparison. Like wouldn't uh, Greg be Michael Sarah's character? George <laughs> Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Greg. Uh, should, should we get into the, the individual characters and kind of like what makes succession so special? Like as uh-huh. a whole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think Greg had some great stuff to do this season. Greg, the egg is my favorite. I love him every single week mine too and when he kind of showed up in season one he's kind of like the like the inroad into this family like the kind of from an outsider's perspective doesn't know a lot about the family business so it's an easy kind of introduction into their world but now that he's in it in season two the just some of the situations he got in while still keeping like that same doe-like personality from season one where you're kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like it's it just works so well and then the kind of culmination of his like little tiny arc at the end of the season just is so good Mm -hmm. have have you seen any interviews with with nicholas braun in general i have not he did an arc he did a interview with uh colbert uh i think it was like two three weeks ago now and exact same person (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. I got that sense because there was the, like a gif of all of them clapping at the, what was it, the Emmys a couple weeks ago or whatever award show. Yeah. And it all looked like they were just in character. Like uh, <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that plays Connor from Ferris Bueller was like proudly kind of leaning back and Greg was Love. just up there like hands above his head clapping. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. What was, do you have a favorite Greg moment this year? Uh, I really like... Like my the the best line from this season is probably you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs, <laughs> and just almost any interaction he has with Tom is just very fun to me. They just have such a great dynamic. What did they call him at the in the last? They, someone else was like, "Yo, yeah, Elmo and Big Bird." <laughs> uh, I must have missed that. There's there's so many quick asides or random one liners that. Some of them can like definitely go over your head, but the show is just 
so funny. Do you think it's comedy or do you think it's drama? I think of it more as a comedy, personally, like a very dark comedy. Yeah, but I think I do too. I'm laughing so much week to week that I think that's why it like the the show clicks for me so well because the drama parts are exceptionally engaging and it's kind of presented like your standard prestige drama just mm-hmm. in terms of how it's shot and you know just the format but it's so fucking funny that it's just a joy to watch and even though it's an hour long and usually with hour long shows I'm like at like 45 minutes I'm like let's let's wrap this up come on like every single week I'm just engaged right to the end right well and I think that I feel that because because of the episode structure because there's something happening in each episode so that you like even though you're like this is a long episode you're like there's something happening here that's not just like kind of dovetailing into the next week because if that's the point it's like well let me just watch the next episode if that's what, if all you're going to do is set something else up like they really are finishing yeah. something it's yeah. it's interesting so it is a comedy but it's not really um it's a little farcical but it's not like um it's not so much it's not so farcical because it's not like uh what am i trying to t- say here it it's this is a like a fairly decent representation. It's not so over the top uh, compared it's, to what it's not like Veep or something like that. No, where no, it tries to present this like narrative arc and like has some dramatic elements, but is definitely a farce. Right. So it's not that level of like slap slap bang humor. Um, yeah. And they all what's what's funny about it is they're all taking themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. and like they all are failing so wonderfully like there's this just this sense of like you're teetering at the top and it's enjoyable to watch people do that yeah because if you think about this like the the ideas that they're exploring in terms of like a media conglomerate you can draw like really real examples so one of the episodes they uh they gutted Walter, right like they mm-hmm. just turned it they were like well here's this like independent uh, online presence and we're just going to gut it and keep the, f- the the few good ideas right mm-hmm. this is something the media companies actually do and it's like kind of terrible yeah um, all but, the time but watching it um from the point of view of like this is just a little chess move for kendall trying to play into uh for logan like it's like this little tiny move and so you're playing it all for like the smirk or the like lack of um, emotion that Kendall's going to have at the end of that episode. Like that's what it's all for, which is how like rich people view the whole world. <laughs> like it's yeah. all kind of for their own game. Yeah. And, and just kind of on a, on a different side of things with just in terms of themes of the show, like it really deals heavily with family abuse and how like toxic families treat each other and how, just difficult it is for all these kids to like try and measure up to their father while also trying to eat each other alive for his approval. But because they're like super rich and the way the scenarios play out, even though it's just devastating family drama, sometimes it's so funny at the same time. So I have to imagine that everyone that's acted in the show, and I know this is true for Kieran Culkin and for the gala place, Jerry, uh, I have to imagine that they have a theater background because mm-hmm. this show often gives them space and like leaves them in the same room that you're mm-hmm. watching them act more than a lot of other shows. 
and you're this is that sense of something is staged and i'm moving around another character and the way like the example i'm thinking of specifically is the episode after uh logan's uh like slaps kendall and kendall or not kendall uh, uh roman logan slaps roman and mm-hmm. roman loses a tooth and they're in the car the day the next episode and he's like it's like leaves at them and uh the dad says something like oh well it didn't hurt that bad did it and he's like oh <laughs> no it's um it's fine i mean it, it was fine people lose tooth all the time like it just like it left like the space for that uncomfortableness and that sense of yeah. like everyone's posturing and you're watching them try to posture and when i took acting classes it was all about like um each character wants something from another person Mm -hmm. and in this one this show is just so full of everyone really wants something and it's so crystal clear that they do and you're watching them go get it and that's what the whole show and that's a little different than the kind of like wonderful acting you might see on something like the americans for example like i think uh matthew reese is that he says last name Mm -hmm. yeah um like just did this wonderful job in that show of like bearing the entire weight of the world on his shoulders and you Mm -hmm. saw that with every like minute little movement and everything they did was like so inhabited like deep within him but this show is like the opposite form of acting. It's like fishing things out of another person and like playing with the other actors. And it's this much more like theatrical style. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like it, it feels deliberate, but also gives the actors opportunity to like play around and like gives scenes enough room to breathe and just find those interesting moments mm-hmm. uh, that might not be entirely scripted, but uh it all works, man. <laughs> what what was your uh, like favorite character this season? Do you have a favorite character? Well, this I think Greg. Greg is my favorite character. I also do just love Tom. Um, Tom, because yeah. just he's a black sheep. He doesn't really fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all black sheeps in their own way, really. Um, he's trying so hard to fit in, and he's just so freaking helpless. Um. But I so I watched the first season right before this and kind of bookended it. So I've watched both seasons mm-hmm. for the first time just now, mm-hmm. and I just finished this week with the the finale. So I'm thinking more of like Tom from the first season when he's at mm-hmm. his bachelor party and it's just like, uh, like someone was like, "Oh, you swallowed your own cum," and then it turns out to be the gal that uh, Roman starts dating. Like it's just those sort of power moves, and poor Tom. Yeah, and I I think it's so easy to get attached to Tom because I feel like most people have been in at least some scenario where you're just kind of faking your way through it and maybe you don't entirely fit in, but you just kind of have to kind of like go along with it and try and find your inroad into like this group of people so you can like feel accepted and have them, you know, appreciate you being around. And Tom's always kind of been included, quote unquote, but is definitely not a part of the family even though he's married to shiv technically a part of the family uh and it even happened in season two where they say oh no family only and then shiv's like no no no, like you're 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 family but like you know and then he has to leave Mm -hmm. so i think it's really easy to identify with a character like that right he plays it very well well the whole show succeeds off this idea that like family is this 
unbreakable bond that like brings you close to somebody and in this family business style. And yet these family members are so dramatically different from each other and they're, yeah. And they're cutthroat. So they're all opposed to each other and yet also like intrinsically inseparable. Yeah. So the show, this season sort of began with Shiv kind of being handed the keys to the kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm which was kind of an interesting one. It, it felt like, oh yeah, we're setting her up just like we began with, uh, with Kendall having the opportunity to kind of take it all over in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I remember thinking at the beginning, like, oh, this is interesting. Like this is kind of going to be Shiv's year. And it really wasn't, was it? No, no. And it's, again, it's like such an interesting, unique arc in the way it plays with viewers expectations where you want to see this woman kind of break in and you know dominate this world and being clearly set up to do so and then you find out that it's just as cutthroat i don't know if i ever totally understand logan's desire to do that it felt like he was just playing with shiv to play with shiv like she was never a part of the business but he kind of brought her in and then left her out like it didn't i did it make sense to you ever I think it it works just because it keeps him kind of an enigma. Like, if you know how Logan operates, then a lot of the mystique and, like, unpredictability of the show kind of goes out the window. Like, if you mm-hmm. know how Logan's going to respond to something she says in, like, a meeting or something like that, then you, you kind of lose that edge to the show. Right. Right. So I think it's good, the fact that we don't know, like, how he operates. But I feel like a lot of it is him just kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And if someone like truly shines, then, you know, you kind of move forward until maybe it just doesn't feel right anymore. And then it's, you know, who knows? Right. Yeah. It, that's, that may be the one piece that like it felt, I see as like a showrunner thing, how the story piece worked. I don't know that it ever made sense with Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to make sense in the minute. And then you just see the consequences of it later, which you feel like you could have clearly predicted. Um, it, Kendall, it was way different last year. Kendall was already in the company. He was poised to take over. Like, I understand dad being like, oh, I'm going to pull back from this one because um, I don't, I, you know, I changed my mind. But he, like, teed up Shiv and then mm-hmm. kind of took it away from her. Yeah. So I wonder then, do we think next year, um, do we think it's going to be Roman's year? Or do we think it's going to be a Kendall year again uh, with, uh, I mean, it, it's all, all of them, right? It's a true ensemble, but Kendall really kind of st- stole the show. It was Kendall's uh, finale this year. Yeah. Uh, just again, heavy spoiler territory now in terms of what happens in the finale. Um, but assuming if you've made it this far, you either have watched succession or you don't give a shit about spoilers, <laughs> but with kind of what went down in the finale in terms of Kendall, doing a complete 180 in terms of what he is supposed to do and selling his dad down the river. Uh, I think it'll kind of be both Kendall's year, but then also Roman's year at the same time, because Roman gets to be sole COO in, you know, fully out from under Kendall's shadow because now he is truly the black sheep. Uh, So it'll, it'll be interesting to just see the dynamic because the family dynamic is going to be very different next year. It will be. Do you think, uh, you know, that the smirk that Logan gave at the end of the episode? Everyone's talking um, about the smirk, man. The smirk, <laughs> do you think Do you think that he planned it, or do you think that he's just proud? I do not think he planned it at all. I think 
he kind of sold out Kendall because thought, you know, he's kind of served his purpose and has outlived his usefulness. And the, the fact that, you know, his, his words didn't, did end up having that impact on Kendall saying like, you know, when, cause Kendall asked Logan, he's like, do you, did, did you ever think I could run the company? And Logan's like, no, cause you're not a killer. Mm-hmm. So then seeing Kendall kind of come into his own and become that killer, I think he kind of feels like, not that he's like happy about it because obviously it puts him in a bad spot, but it shows that like he had that influence. So I think it's like kind of a self-satisfying smirk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I think I would agree with you wholeheartedly if they hadn't have had that conversation if he hadn't been on the phone with a shareholder earlier that was like, Logan, you got to go. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we can stand for you. I think that's the piece that makes me wonder if he orchestrated the whole thing just to fall down uh, so that they, he would, you know, he would get taken out in a way that wasn't weak. It wasn't like he's going out because someone cut his knees off. It's like he's going off because someone cut his head off sort of thing. Right. Um, and And that would make sense just in terms of how he had kind of set up his whole successor with Shiv and then Rhea him kind of not wanting to seem like he's stepping down or that he's too old and can't hack it. But this gives him a way to kind of go out like a warrior where it's like, no, I was still in it and someone else took me down out of my control, you know? Right. So I think maybe both can be true. Yeah. Uh, But I, it's, it's like the perfect type of cliffhanger where it doesn't, it doesn't change the impact of the finale or what happened or how great it was, but it definitely gives you some interesting like nuggets to think on in terms of what it all means. Right. I won't think, and I think what you're saying in there, which I'd agree with is that it's not a twist necessarily. It's not like a Mr. Robot. Oh, now suddenly the whole thing is different. Um, instead it's like a, it's a new chapter in the story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the finale is still a firework, but depending on like what colors the firework is can take on like a different meaning of like what it all means. Right. Well, and I feel like it it doesn't negate or belittle any of the actions that have come before, either from Logan or Kendall or anyone else, but instead it kind of like casts them in a bit of a new light and makes you it kind of enhances them with this fact. It's sort of like, oh, now Kendall's like Kendall's arc looks way more interesting, different, you know, it's something else by his actions in the finale and at the end of the finale. Yeah, and they've kind of set themselves up perfectly in terms of how to proceed because no matter what route they take with it pretty much any of them work and will feel satisfying it's not like they've painted themselves into a corner where it's like oh now we have to answer this like they could very well not answer it and keep it mysterious and it would still be fine right they took some big turns you know between the first season and the second season um that just happened so naturally you know kendall's whole character uh became the whipping boy for the first you know, 80% of this current season. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at something like Roman as a character, like he was not a really fleshed out character in the first season. Uh, and yeah. and then this season they started, you know, the, the relationship between him and Jerry as kind of a mentor relationship, but then also in that sort of like uh, sexual, like Jerry's going to jerk him off with her words sort of way. <laughs> Um, it's like that was something that wasn't in place at all and yet feels totally like it makes sense you know yeah it's this is what i think is so impressive about it is you that move you like totally buy and all it's like absurdity but it could have been played in like a uh dexter's six sister falls in love with dexter sort of way um 
you know yeah. like it's one of those where things it's of like, like forbidden hmm. love or something like that where yeah. instead it's just like kind of a weird kinky thing right or it could it's like oh yeah this might have been an underlying thing but you bring it to the surface and it's just too much like they didn't overplay their hand with any of it it's still there's still enough mystery left in the whole dynamic and relationship that still feels um there's something unexplored Uh, yeah and i i think by kind of just sprinkling it in in random episodes instead of having it be like a beat they're gonna hit every single episode for a substantial amount of time it kind of like you said gives it enough ambiguity to where it keeps it interesting so beyond like the individual characters kind of coming into their own this year uh whether it's kendall which like just kendall in general like the perfect culmination of his arc this season like you said because he's like the whipping boy and it's just so gut-wrenching to watch him early in the season just eat crow week after week but then finally getting his like vindication at the end of the season like it makes the entire journey so satisfying sorry for that aside uh each character coming into their own uh and kind of further fleshing out the overall cast apart from that what were some other like standouts this season like was there a favorite place uh that that they went to this season that you really liked just because we kind of said each episode takes place in its own space different things happen different episodes was there like a spot that really stuck out to you uh there were two that really struck me as very interesting um the first one uh was the dinner party uh with the folks from pierce at turnhaven Uh, at, at turnhaven and the whole Turnhaven thing was a little bit, you know, the whole episode at this point was a little choppy of Logan barking instructions. And it was the beginning of when he started kind of barking at his wife mm-hmm. um, and she wasn't happy about it. And, and then it just boils to this point where Shiv like does that thing where she kind of flips her hair and goes, Oh, come on, dad, <laughs> you can tell him. And the whole place just, just sort of like, dead quiet (laughs) yeah connor talking with the like you know politics professor um i think i offered him a a secretary of state oh my uh, god that whole that whole bit was just kind of like so gut-wrenchingly wonderful yeah yeah Um, i have another one but i'll let i'll see if you take it first so you go ahead and share yours my first one would definitely be in the episode where they all go hunting uh, as a as a team and you know they have a dinner one night and they find out that someone has been talking to a reporter about logan and logan does not like that so instead he kind of pits everyone against each other and they end up playing boar on the floor which is one of the most unsettling things uh i've seen on tv recently boar on the floor was going to be my other one yeah just just so like gut-wrenchingly like awful that you just like watching it like hands over your eyes but like it's so good and i feel like that's it's a really good initial setup or kind of a initial yeah setup whatever uh for the finale where they're trying to figure out who should be the blood sacrifice to the committee in dc and they get everyone on the team together sitting around a table and it's all these rich white people just throwing each other under the bus one by one and it's awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i love that scene it's 
it's amazing because this is a point where like you see the power the power dynamics are so at play here Mm -hmm. because these are people who all are filthy rich have so much like you know they could lose and still be fine right like that's the way it works and yet it's all the game that they're playing Mm -hmm. and they have to keep playing and so it's this sense of like you got to appease this like mercurial master in logan and so like you've got grown adults like rolling around on the floor like it's just utterly insane and completely humiliating Um, well and and and, like the the way they play it is so interesting to me too because it like it it kind of reminded me of like when i was a kid and i would be fighting with my sisters and my parents would be like okay everyone stop now go around the table and say something nice about each other and so you would kind of like say like I really like how you can be super mean sometimes or you know something like that where you kind of posit it as like a compliment and they're doing something well but then also like trying to like get a dig in at the same time. So when these people are throwing each other under the bus, they're like, you know, you would be the bl- the best blood sacrifice because like you're you're very well established, you know, you were you did a great job on cruises and you know, so it's like a compliment but at the same time like trying to throw them under the bus and it's mm-hmm. just great. The, uh, the way that the uh, hunting episode began was with Greg meeting with the record- reporter. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't want to make my uncle mad because he can be a little <laughs> scary and vindictive and paranoid and violent. and <laughs> she Scary, violent. <laughs> you know, that was just such a, like amazing Greg moment of all. Like, of course, it's Greg stirring all this up as well. Yeah. I think one of my favorite Greg moments, though, I just we keep coming back to Greg because he's the best. But is when he first sits down uh, in front of the committee in D.C. and they start asking him questions, and he's like, "If if that's what what shall be said, so so it shall." <laughs> just like can't feels like he has to talk so proper. And they're like, "You can just you can just talk normally," and, and just so, so awkward. And so I shall do so. <laughs> or whatever he says. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, oh, I love Greg. it. Yep. Um, any, do you got anything else for this one for Greg or for the, for the show? <laughs> uh, mm. we, we had some, some good guest stars this season. Uh, Holly Hunter had a pretty decent episode arc and, uh, just crushed it in this oh, yeah. world. So I'm really curious to see what kind of guest stars they bring in next year. Cause it's ripe for, you know, kind of mini arcs with, you know, recognizable people who can just really have fun playing in this world what i loved about holly hunter was she often plays the sort of like yokel with her accent yeah Um, i think of raising arizona or there's that sort of like mrs incredible um sort of down to earth style yeah homey folksy yeah and this is not that at all and Mm -hmm. she used that like this is such an actor so in control of her voice that she still got that like lilt to how she talks, but mm-hmm. it became like succession speak. And you don't really realize it's happening until you hear an, a, an actor that you are used to in a different context talking it. But it's that like trying to maneuver and get something out of this person. And lots of there's lots of ums in this show. And yeah. this like pause of like, oh, yeah. Inviting the other person in. Logan does this all the time. So, okay. Like lots of these moments that are just this sort of like, you know, and she totally bought into that speak, uh, which was really cool. 
Yeah. I, I was talking with another friend about this where I think one of the most interesting interesting things about succession is how it can take everyday language and give it such a unique edge where like certain phrases like fuck off, like just have such a unique like ring to them in the show that like every time you hear it now, you're just like, I think of it in Logan's voice mm-hmm. or like, um, uh, yeah, like that type of thing. Like it just, like it just kind of identify it with succession now. Cause it has such a unique delivery in the way it's used in the show. It's just right. interesting. Well, and I think that goes back to the idea I was saying earlier about this is characters that want something and they're using those words to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, um, it's they're not just saying it. It's like every time Logan says, uh-huh, it's like a, like that's him eliciting a response from someone else. Like he's trying to get something from them. Yeah. They're trying to get something, you know, so his fuck off isn't just like a throwaway line that you're writing. Yeah. And it's like, there's a tactic that's at play there mm-hmm. where he's trying to achieve something. Yeah. It's just so richly layered the entire thing that it's, uh, it's just a joy to watch really. And, uh, before we kind of close it out, can I, can we just talk about how great this theme is? Because they don't have like a ton of music, but when they do, it's the same theme recycled over and over. And every single time it comes in, I'm like, yeah, let's go. It's such a good theme. Are you going to be upset that we skip past the theme song almost every time? What? Really? Every single episode? <laughs> almost everyone. Oh, Her my God, like dude. She's I mean, like, this is a long theme song. Let's skip past it. I mean, I guess you get to, like, hear it during the episode anyway, because it'll come back in at some point. But I just, I, I love it. It's so it's good. It's pretty pretty reliably it comes in about minute 45 or 50 (laughs) right when they're trying to like lay down the groundwork for some tense moment to close it out Mm -hmm. you know yep yeah but it's it it kind of has that same like pavlovian thing that like uh uh like the leftovers had whenever that like where is my mind song would come in on the leftovers i'd be like cool i'm getting primed to cry right now (laughs) you know uh you're so right it's great I love it. Well, and this is the thing. It, it's doing this almost the same thing over and over again. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of a, it's kind of formulaic and yet it does it. It executes so well that you don't mind the formula. It's like, yeah, you they never get tired of it. They all fight. They're all vying for control. Logan's mostly going to keep control and you repeat. And the theme song is going to come in at minute 45. Like it's just, that's the episode. <laughs> you know what you're going to get each time. And yet it's still always really entertaining. Yeah. I feel like that's as good a spot as any to kind of close it off. But, uh, yeah, I I was in love with this season, and the finale was just an absolute knockout. I agree. Go watch Succession as soon as possible if you have not seen it already. I wonder who's what TV show is going to succeed this one. I can't use the same pun twice <laughs> in the same episode, can I? <laughs> Uh, well, that's my attempt for a lead out. Um, uh, you want to close this out? Yeah. Uh, we do have some good TV coming up soon that we'll be talking about. Uh, you mentioned Mr. Robot earlier, which has a decently long season. Uh, and then, uh, Watchmen starts this next Sunday on HBO as well, which is supposedly very good. So stay tuned for more TV talk. Yep. Catch up on the uh, graphic novel of Watchmen like I did. Mm. before you read the show or before you read before you watch the show and watch the movie have you seen the movie um a long time ago i need to rewatch it 
I think it's like wildly underrated. I think it's great, but I know a lot of people hate it. So your mileage may vary. Interesting. Yeah. But between the, the good TV and heading into Oscar movie season, we're going to have tons to talk about over the coming weeks. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. But until next time, this has been another episode of God Save the Screen. You are Zach Christensen. Yes, you nailed it, man. Uh, and I'm Jordan Garrett, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>